Hello, friends, and welcome to the first Movie Babble podcast episode. Can you believe it? First one. Let's not try to screw it up. Today's episode is brought to you, as always, by the .com. MovieBabbleReviews.com, to be exact. You can check out there some of the new content that myself and other Movie Babble contributors have created. I put up a couple of reviews this weekend, uh, one for Deadpool 2 and one for Book Club, and another one for Show Dogs, which is forthcoming, which is another issue entirely. But possibly my favorite article of the week was by contributor Olaf, who saw the weird Disney movie from Russia and liked it and wrote about what he saw. So go ahead and take a look at that. As for the conversation you're about to hear, uh, Stephen and I discussed some smaller movies that we think are really interesting this summer season. Uh, We talked about ones we've already seen. Uh, We even talked about Cannes for a little bit. We sort of just kind of bounced all over the place, but that's kind of the fun of it all. So I hope you guys enjoy. And before we get into the conversation with myself and Stephen here, uh, we started a separate email account for you guys to send us some mailbag questions for future podcast episodes so if you have any questions you want either me or someone else on the staff to answer you can go ahead and send those to moviebabblepodcast at gmail.com all right and now let's kick it over to me and steven cue the music me right now on the inaugural uh, Movie Babble podcast is Movie Babble contributor Stephen Finley. Stephen, how do you feel about being the first guest on the show? Uh, kind of, uh, I suppose, kind of nervous because I've been listening to podcasts since I was like 13 or 14 years old and I've only kind of re- only realized that this is the first podcast that I've actually been on, so... <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, is the word. I mean, I guess, I guess we'll see where it goes. I don't know. <laughs> we might. And you're the same. I mean, this is your first podcast. <laughs> yeah, right? it might go. It might go off the rails pretty quickly. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess for everyone listening out there, we just wanted to get this podcast going because uh, we know all of the Star Wars and Marvel DC movies. We know all those movies that are going to haunt us until the end of time, but. Uh, there's always some really interesting summer movies out there that kind of go under the radar. I mean, it makes sense because you got so many massive blockbusters that are just going out every single week. So uh, we just kind of wanted to run through some stuff, whether it's already been released or going to be released or whatnot. And so we can broaden your horizons for this summer movie season if you ever get tired of uh, Deadpools and Infinity Wars and whatnot. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, so I guess, yeah, let's just dive right into it. Um, I have a couple movies I actually saw pretty recently that I've really enjoyed. The first of which is Tully. Uh, it's the Charlize yeah. Theron movie where she is the the mom. Uh, she's getting a new child for the third time around. Uh, it's with uh, directed by Jason Reitman and... Her, his writing partner, Diablo Cody. So they were the guys, the people behind Juno and Young Adult. So it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like that same type of movie 
in a sense. Thank, thank you for smoking as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's definitely like it's it, it's that's familiar setup that you've seen from those movies before, where it's the struggling parent and going through parenthood and wondering if you can do it all and things like yeah. that. Um, I don't want to ruin this movie for people because it ended up being one of I think it'll end up being one of my favorites of the year. Like it really shocked me wow. how good it was. And it's not for the reasons you think. Um, it's kind of presents itself, I know, from the marketing material. It's just kind of a very soft, uh, like, gentle movie that's looks like a warm blanket. And it's really not that at all. It's really more of a discussion of, of postpartum depression and how that manifests in the, a person. So it kind of gets... It's a lot by the end of this movie. Um, I don't know. Is that, is that one been on your radar at all? You know, I haven't seen the film, but my girlfriend, like, you're going to be pretty shocked, but my girlfriend told me the whole story from beginning to end. Oh, she so you... spoiled the whole movie for oh, me. Oh, what, what the hell? <laughs> I know. I, 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 see, I, I knew that we, we'd be talking about it on the podcast, so I wanted to know everything about it. So she, because she went to see it with her friends, and I'm kind of devastated. Yeah, so, it, it does. It's a devastating hook on it. It's, it yeah. really, uh, well, it's, first of all, it's really well done. And I hope I'm not leaning too hard into this for people who haven't seen it, but it's, yeah. it's incredibly well done in a way that is really surprising and shocking. Um, yeah, it really just, I think it's a, the movie I think is really a masterclass in screenwriting from Diablo Cody. It's, yeah. it's incredibly well done. And, it's kind of a return to form for Jason Reitman. He's kind of been struggling a lot recently. Um, yeah. I mean, he had like Juno and all those and all those solid movies, but in the last couple movies like Labor Day and like Men, Women, and Children, they're just <laughs> just these messes of of movies that yeah. just didn't hit the mark. And I'm really happy to see him back as well. And he, I, I hope the movie does really well and it finds its audience because this is a a really really solid movie. Um, yeah, but. Yeah, and the other one that I really saw, uh, this kind of was happened by um, just happenstance. I just kind of saw some people talking about it and saying it was really good, and that's Revenge. Most, oh, yeah, yeah, Most yeah. generic. Have you seen this one? No, I haven't seen this one either, but I've read so much about it. I read the review on Movie Babble. Oh, um, word, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. Like, Obviously, I don't, I don't think there's... There's as many kind of spoilers like Tully because the the kind the plot to Tully, especially I'd say in the third act is kind of uh, I don't want to say but it, it can kind of get a little spoilery there. But uh, Revenge is just like have you seen that movie The Bad Batch? Uh, that's that's I know it's another it's kind of the similar feel where it's it's like Jason yeah. Momoa and like Jim Carrey and like all right. Yeah, and Keanu Reeves as well is in it as well. But like, I didn't even realize it was Jim Carrey in in the second movie for like <laughs> until it was like because I looked at this. He plays a homeless guy. Not, I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but he plays this homeless guy that I was kind of like, oh, he kind of looks a bit like Jim Carrey. And then I just looked at the credits at the end. I was like, Jesus Christ, it's Jim Carrey. But no, like it, it, it does seem like a very similar movie to The Bad Batch where. Uh, it, but it's kind of more Mad Max type uh, stuff going on. It's but with more of a feminism type uh, kind of revenge story, like Death Wish or something from the seventies. And it's like, uh, 
it's like the perfect blend between it seems to be the, the perfect blend between Tomb Raider and Mad Max if that would be accurate enough yeah it's it's the way I look at it I mean the uh, it's a rape revenge movie so the obvious the obvious ties immediately go to I spit on your grave and things like that but yeah the they play into that feminism a bit really hard but it's never overbearing which I really appreciated a lot uh it is it is fucking brutal man like it is really bloody and just like it just never stops and I kind of really appreciate that and cuz movies just feel like they're so sanitized uh for the most part I mean that's yeah. probably why this never got um a wide release it's kind of playing in LA and New York but it's it's already on demand, which is how I saw it, but it's just, it's just really gross, <laughs> and it just, I think I read when I was researching the movie that they actually, the people who, uh, the prop guys ran out of fake blood, like, on numerous occasions, just because it just got so gory <laughs> in some of the scenes, and especially at the end, in the end, they're, like, slipping on blood, and it's, it's really absurd, but it kind of... It kind of play it. It really uses like that because in B movies all the time. It's if you ever if you've ever seen Red Letter Media or anything like that. Like they, there's just so many B movies where directors who are ill-equipped just used rape and things like that as plot devices without really understanding what it means. And yeah, this is like I think this is the first time director. Her it's a French director. Her name's like Coralie Farget. I I probably butchered that. Really yeah, badly. I like yeah I can. Yeah, she knows. She's listening. She gets it. But <laughs> she's she's just turns all those tropes on their heads, and it's really impressive to see her kind of work within that same framework. Uh, it's I mean it's obviously very super low budget. She uh, like there's some moments where the camera's flying around. You can kind of see pickle pixels uh, sometimes in there. Yeah. Where, so it's alright, they're working on a pretty shoestring budget, and it's really, it's legitimately a four-person cast. There's no no other extras or anything like that, but I I would definitely recommend this one. It's really, really fun and gory, and it has a really cool message. And a lot of people are saying that the lead, Matilda Lutz, uh, is one of the best women characters of recent memory. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that, but she's really solid, and I think she needs to be someone to watch out for later on. But yeah, the those movie are... just the movie just looks gorgeous as well. You can tell that they really, really pumped a lot into the visual in this, in this movie. I know there's a lot of blood and, and guts and stuff, but it, like again, it is like that, you know, uh, Fury Road type uh, type cinematography going on in that film and. I read uh, I read Ryan's I'm gonna butcher this name as well, but uh, Ryan Saint Hyler's uh, article on Movie Babble. I thought that was really good. It was like a really kind of short analysis of, of of the film. I haven't seen it, but he starts talking about the male gaze and how it's kind of uh, it, it, when I was reading it, it was like it was, rec- it was kind of reminded me of Dust Till Dawn, where the first twenty minutes are, is a movie you think is is this, and it's it's clearly just it just breaks down very quickly into just a crazy off the wall violent vampire movie where yeah. this was the same it's yeah. super it's 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 super effective and simple and it it just yeah. it just tells you everything you need to know and there's no 
there's no fat on this movie at all. They just kind of get into it. Uh, obviously, these people are weirdos, and then the plot goes from there. And then it's it's really fun. I would, it's yeah, it's already on demand. So I know totally might totally might be a little uh, more difficult to find, just because it's playing in smaller release and it might already be leaving theaters because it came out right at the beginning of May. But Revenge is already available at home and on Amazon and things like that. So I would definitely that one is very very solid, and I would definitely yeah. check that out. But so you were. Uh, really interested in Can because by the time we're well, by the time this is out, Can will be the previous weekend. Um, yeah. So, is there what's what's going on on that front? I really haven't been paying attention, honestly, but I'm, yeah. I'm aware of some of some of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's been a few. Uh, it was kind of well, it was, it was the first Can film festival since the whole uh, Harvey Weinstein scandal, right? Disgrace, yeah. and. Um, uh, Ozzy Ar- did you see uh, Ozzy Argento's um, big emotional speech saying that she was, you know, she was, she was, you know, she was involved with Harvey Weinstein back then when she was twenty one, and the whole, the whole kind of theme of, of this year's Cannes was sort of, um, you know, like revenge, just kind of like coming back from the dead, you know, yeah. uh, sticking it back to the man with this whole Harvey Weinstein scandal. Because certain movies as well, like, um, what other movies do we have here? We have a couple of movies that, like, the, the first the first movie that really kind of got the uh, attention was Shoplifters. Right. Which, yeah, uh, that was, I, I don't even know much about that myself, but that was the big surprise. It, it kind of, it won uh, the the Grand Prix, is that, is that how you like say the it? Like the Palme du Jour Award? Palme I don't know. Palme d'Or, Palme d'Or, sorry. Yeah, it's. Yeah. They're French. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Sorry to our French listeners out there, but I got no idea. There's going to be a lot of names in this, in this podcast. Yeah, we're going to, just to say this right up front, we're going to butcher a lot of names here. <laughs> so <laughs> apologies just to start out, and so you, you can deal with it. Uh, we got we got our apologies out of the way, so we'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. But like this this is the, this is the big surprise uh, that, that this won, because it's about... It's a Japanese movie where it's uh, it centers around this kind of uh, family of characters that are they're practically homeless, and they're they, they take in a child, and it's basically just them about about just surviving, and it's 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 meant to be a really uh, a movie that's that's got a lot apparently. Oh, and, interesting. Uh, so Kate, Kate Blanchett and, and Kristen Stewart were part of the jury this year as well. Yeah, I saw that. Um, that's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, you can understand Kate Blanchett, but Kristen Stewart is a little, little bit random or something. I know she's she's you know she's been around since I don't know the first movie I saw her in was in was in Panic Room when she was only a teenager. But oh wow, yeah. what a what a pull! <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've, yeah. I don't think I've thought of Panic Room since it came out. Another <laughs> yeah, avoid. I think yeah, that's. I mean, obviously, we just know her from Twilight, but. Um, she's, she's kind of been around, uh, I've been meaning to, there's that one really weird indie movie that she did, it was like Personal Shopper, I think it was, um, I didn't get a chance, I didn't get a chance to check that one out, um, did you, did you see that one? But apparently she was like, very, very solid, and that movie as a whole was really, really solid. Yeah, no, I, excuse me, I I haven't seen it, but, uh, yeah, I heard she was great in it. Like, she does kind of have that side to her, I know everyone looks at, at the whole Twilight Right, but she really—I think she could in the next maybe five to ten years. Who knows? 
she could probably get a bit more, I don't know, a bit more of a prestigious background. She has that sort of taste anyway. And she was she was in an interview recently talking about how, you know, she wants more uh, inclusivity. In, yeah. um, she just wants more female characters to be inclusive, which I think is a good thing. Oh, because totally. even when we're, th- when we're talking about, I don't mean I don't mean to be like a you know, you know, a white knight here or anything like that. I really don't mean to be pretentious when I'm saying this, but even looking at movies like Revenge and uh, you know Tully, and there's another movie, Girls of the Sun, which is a French war movie. There's just I think it's actually time for women to 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 just be able to play more vulnerable characters in movies where you can actually be a bit more invested in them because. That's the, that's the, I just hope that's the way things are going now, and that's that's the kind of central theme around Khan at the minute. I find. Yeah, it's really. I think it's really interesting on that front too, where it's there's been a lot of. I think ever since it's kind of weird because ever since Wonder Woman, there's been a really. I mean, obviously, Me Too. Yeah. Brought in a lot of discussion for its own in its own right, but ever since Wonder Woman, there's been that really interesting discussion of what the women lead should be. Um, yeah, yeah. And like, what's a what's a strong character? What isn't? Uh, I think I think everyone really uh, packed on James Cameron for that one because he just came out and said that, like, essentially that <laughs> essentially that Wonder Woman was like too pretty to be a strong character or something like that. I don't know, but I think that's something we're gonna really. Uh, uh, this will be a big year for that as well. I think with coming off of Can and just the other movies that are coming out, but. Yeah, so I get well. That's a long tangent, but <laughs> all right. So back no, no. to back to back to Can. Um, what other movies are on your docket from there? Uh, there's a mo- there's a movie called Climax. Have you heard of that? I have. I have not. No. <laughs> oh, this this is crazy. I mean, if you if you're interested in uh, you know Lars von Trier's book, another movie, uh, the what's it called? the house that, that Jack built. Oh yeah, uh, what? It's very similar. I want to know. Yeah. I want to know. Um, who hurt Lance von Trier and what we can do to help him? <laughs> he is alcohol hurt him. <laughs> he... he well, he even he even admits it as well that alcohol kind of plays a bit of a has always played a bit of a you know it's, it's always been a bit of a crutch for him. Oh, is it really? I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, well, without getting into his personal life. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Lance. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> no, but climax is very similar. It's a, it's a movie that's kind of again. It's like a, a musical sex orgy film, oh, which that's, that's is, fun. Uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. It sounds it, sounds it, like it a light. A, that sounds like a lighthearted romp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's kind of an understatement. If if you want to watch this trailer, you can go check it out. But <laughs> Sophia, uh, this is another name I might, I might butcher, but Sophia Batella from. Um, She's from Kingsman. She was the runner. Yeah, the, she's the awesome. Blade. She's awesome. She's really good. Yeah, she's and she was also in Mummy as well. Yeah, Tom Cruise. Well, she. This is this whole movie apparently is just about a big mad musical orgy party, and everybody in it is just murdering each other, uh, having sex with each other, <laughs> and like surprisingly, I know everybody's talking about the house that Jack built as the kind of major controversy when it comes to violence. But Climax will be a close second because apparently seven people, I think it's seven, seven people walked out of the cinema uh, at Cannes Air as well as Lars von Trier's. Oh, really? The house that, yeah, because it's just, it's it's pretty nuts and off the wall. And it's an A24 uh, 
production as well. Like they they published the movie A twenty four just really killing it at the minute. Oh, they're so, they're so good. I yeah, like I, I, I think, have a list here of films that are just coming out and that they all look fantastic, and it's all A twenty four. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. I'm at they have their um they have their kind of straight to video kind of sector of their release schedule where it's I think it's like through DirecTV they have some weird um, deal yeah. with them but like all their th- movies that are te- intended to be theatrical releases are just outstanding um, yeah. I think I can't remember the list off the top of my head but I, ha- I think I had including my top 10 of last year and the honorable mentions I had to have at least like 5 or 6 A24 films oh yeah they just I, I just get they just get it man they just they just yeah I I don't know what it is. Maybe they just give. I think a lot of it is they give their their creative partners a lot of range to tell stories they want to tell because they're on lower yeah. budgets. But even I don't know. Even like the the their movies, I don't really gravitate towards. I I didn't really love a, a ghost story that came out last year, but that right. but that was just so interesting. Even though it wasn't the. I didn't think it was the greatest movie. Some people love that, but it was just so weird and it had Casey Affleck as a ghost underneath a sheet just for the entire movie. And it was just the weirdest thing. I was so interested in it, but I didn't, I don't, just whatever they do, I'm, I know it's going to be a different theatrical experience than I'm used to just because everything they do is just so weird and interesting. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, Swiss Army Man. Remember Swiss Army Man? Yeah, that was... Yeah, that, 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 that was... Didn't people walk out of that at Sundance or something like that? Yeah. Or something weird? I thought it was brilliant, though. Like, I thought it was really kind of creative and funny and kind of sad as well. Yeah. But I, then when you, compare, it, when you compare something like that to, you know, The Disaster Artist, for example, it's like they really... And that, that's, a, that's a biography. Like, that's a real true-life story. And then they go off into some crazy, like, climax... Yeah. It's like they really don't care. They 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 just they they really they really just go in balls deep and making the best movie they they think they can. Yeah, I'm not always uh, sold on when people walk out of the theater at festivals. Um, just because I mean you hear about it all the time, and then you see the movie, and it's like, oh, what was what was the big deal? Kind of like with Swiss Army Man, yeah. like. So like a dead guy gets a few boners and then people like people like walked out of the like I I don't know like I I kind of get it because they're just like it's probably they have no idea what's coming at them so they just like are just hit by like this avalanche of like a bizarre thing that they're yeah. just not prepared weirdness. for weirdness yeah just weird yeah the Swiss Army Man is the definition of weird but it's definitely yeah. it's definitely not like I wouldn't. It's it's whimsical. It's it's like a magical experience. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, psychedelic experience as well. Yeah, it's like those type of movies are kind of made for that type of audience as well. Yeah, totally. Like, have you have you seen this new? Uh, I actually didn't even talk to you about this over email, but you know, did you hear about this movie coming out called Hot Summer Nights? Oh, it's that's the um, the Timothee Chalamet movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a weed movie. It, it's all about like how, he, how this kid kind of gets involved with dealing weed. Yeah, that's right. I saw, I saw a trailer for that one. That looks. <laughs> and again, that's a twenty-four too. So, you know, they, they they've just been really getting it lately. And that like that, I think that movie's out in July in the US. Yeah, that's I, th- not, that's I the, think uh, so. It's kind of like it kind of looks like the 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 art house version of Pineapple Express. Yeah, yeah. In a way, I mean, I, I think that's what I'm gonna. Pre- like compare all these movies to 
because they, I mean, um, we can get into it later on, but just most of these movies on my list too that I want to talk about are the indie version of like a bigger movie. Yeah. Which is, it kind of seems like that's the way indie film is going, kind of. It's like that kind of high concept idea, but on a smaller scale. I don't know. That's just yeah my idea, but... Yeah, they all, they all seem very, uh, like, I don't know what it is about these types of movies where you kind of follow uh, young characters, like um, like Sorry to Bother You as well. Yeah. Where you, kind of, you look at a character who's kind of kind of down on his luck, young, and then then again you have a kind of a cool supporting cast as well. And these are kind of the movies that, that I see coming out, coming out in, you know, in, the, in the next while where they, they kind of really... They really just go for it with with this kind of weirdness. Like, sorry to bother you. Even even looks a little off the wall as well. Like even, yeah. even in the trailer, the part where he's sitting down and he's talking and he's like, he's not, he's a black guy, but he as soon as he uses the white voice, he's like success. <laughs> yeah, because he's like he's working for the market, <laughs> and then it just like teleports him into the room with this like white family. It's like those are the type of movies where, or well, those are the type of trailers where they're. It kind of makes me go, huh? This isn't your conventional film anymore. Yeah, we well, can we can just get into that movie right now. I am so excited for that movie. I think yeah. that's one of my that was the one. I guess this is the longest tangent I think I've ever had been on. I mean, I guess we can get back to Can at some point, but whatever. But um, uh, yeah, sorry about that. I keep forgetting about Can. Sorry. <laughs> no, nah, that's all right. They can wait. They're snobby in French. They'll they'll be okay. But <laughs> <laughs> sorry to bother you. That. That trailer, it's another one of those solid um, kind of uh, smaller distributors. Uh, Annapurna is behind this one. And that movie, that trailer just kind of hits you like a freight train. And where it's just... first, Okay, so for people that need reference, it's presumably just from the trailers about uh, a guy who's kind of down on his luck, as you mentioned, this black guy who really needs a job. And he gets into telemarketing. And from there, he's really struggling. And then Danny Glover kind of gets in his ear like, hey, like you need to start using a white voice. And he's like, what do you mean? Yeah. And so he just switches from... It's Lakeith Stanfield who's the lead character. He's the... Yeah, the, get out. Yeah, get out. The guy who is the, is the brainwashed at the beginning. Yeah. But he... So he immediately switches to the high, a really high-pitched... I think it's David Cross... Is actually doing the voice, which, which is, is it actually yeah, and I think uh, it's there's two guys who are doing it. I think it's David Cross and Patton Oswalt are the two voices, which is hilarious and on its own. But so once he starts yeah. doing this white voice, he starts getting success and and telemarketing. He makes a lot of money, and Army Hammer gets involved somehow. I don't really know that. I guess that's for the movie, but it just it looks like a really interesting idea of like sticking to your roots. Um, and I think Tessa Thompson is, well, she's in it as well, but I think she's going to really act in that role as well, where she's kind of not happy with the side of life he's taken as this, uh, as he's kind of selling out into white culture to, uh, make money, which I think is really interesting. But that movie looks so, so funny and just so bizarre and off the rails. And yeah, that, I think, let me, my notes here. It comes, yeah, July sixth. That comes out in the states, and I, th- I think it goes wide a few weeks later, like the end of July. So definitely look out yeah. for that one 
in the future. So yeah. <laughs> just just for the record, like I couldn't stop. I don't know why, but I I could not stop laughing when I saw Danny Glover doing the white man voice. Oh, that's clear, it's clearly, so funny. It's it clearly wasn't him, and I didn't I didn't <laughs> see it coming at all. I I, I thought he, at some point in the trailer he was gonna say he was too old for this shit. Or something yeah. like that. But uh, when he did the white man voice, and it's kind of cheesy as well. I think I kind of I'm kind of ashamed that I laughed at it, but I kind of it was funny. I, I don't know. Yeah, I just I, thought it was funny. And I think like, that and it's definitely going to be just an, a bonkers off the wall movie. That yeah. I mean, I don't want to. I'm going in with really high expectations on that one. I hope it doesn't disappoint me. But that's one of the better trailers I think I've seen in a really long time. Yeah. As well, but yeah, I don't it know. Directed. The director is Boots Riley. Yeah, uh, he has, it's kind of his directorial debut. Kind of, he's made a few shorts, but he's he, he's more of a soundtrack guy. He done the soundtrack for Superbad. Oh, really? Which yeah, he has. He's done a few. He's done a few soundtracks, uh, but yeah, Future Bad is kind of. I would say kind of that similar kind of tone. To yeah. This movie. Well, yeah, this is his directorial debut, so we'll see how that goes. Absolutely. So, all right. Back to Can, <laughs> which yeah. we just took the most circuitous route to get in there. Is there is there any other movies that we need to talk about from Can that are going to be a big yeah. deal? Yeah, well, actually, like Sorry to Bother You, uh, which kind of deals with the same uh, the same racial kind of topics, but uh, yeah, Black King Klansman is that how you say it? I I don't even know how to say this. Oh, name, this, the Spike Lee film. Yeah, yeah, I think that was it, I think it's Black Klansman, but it's just really stylized with that extra K in there. Yeah, I don't know. I think I it think sounds, just, it sounds better to say just Black Klansman. I think I'm just gonna go Black Klansman. I don't know. That's, yeah, yeah, that's how it sounds in my head. But yeah, yeah, so, that movie was uh, that was that was shown at Cannes as well, and it seems to be it seems to be getting really good uh, a really good reception. If I had to kind of pick any one of those films that would kind of make it bigger maybe next year's award season would be this film because it's Spike Lee's kind of big comeback and yeah. you know it does deal with race and it, it stars Jay, uh, John David Washington which is the, uh, Denzel's son if you didn't know that oh really um, I didn't know that yeah and apparently he's meant to be a really solid actor this is his, his kind of his big break and Adam Driver as well has been he's, he's been kind of killing the lady as well yeah he's been um, he, I, I really like his, what he's doing with his career. He's just kind of... I mean, he's in the Matt and Star Wars and everything, but he's also just in like these really weird, like smaller movies. That I'm kind of, I'm kind of really happy to see that. It's just it's just really interesting. I think. Yeah, he's great. I mean, and this I, I love in the trailer when uh, uh, John David Washington's character is just sitting on the phone and he's talking about you know I hate. Well, what does he say? I hate Jews. I hate blacks. I hate, I hate everyone not white. And then just just seeing Adam Driver like slowly turn around in his in his in his seat, like with that kind of what the fuck kind of look. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be honest. That was another funny part. I'm gonna be honest. I haven't seen the the trailer for this one. Um, oh man! I, it's it's one of those deals where um, I haven't been. It's kind of like with a twenty four as a whole. Um, I'm. I'm just every Spike Lee, Lee movie is going to be interesting, even in like its failures. Kind of like the remake that he tried to do of Old Boy, which was just not good 
at all, but it was just kind of like an interesting idea, I guess, to take yeah. that story. But I, I, for some reason, I was like, you know what, <laughs> I'm good. Like, I'm gonna, sure. see, I'm gonna see this movie, so I don't need to worry about seeing. Uh, I don't know. I just, yeah, I just kind of blocked it out. But yeah, I could keep going. Yeah, my, my a friend of mine, Daniel, actually has that kind of same philosophy when it comes to films. He's like, look, if you're already sold on the movie, don't watch the trailer. And I kind of like even with uh, I'm not I'm not gonna go off on another tangent here, but even with you know Venom, when that yeah. trailer came out, I could not resist watching it. And when I watched it, I was like, ah, why did I watch that trailer? Because now I kind of I know certain shots that are gonna be in the film, and yeah. certain things are kind of spoiled and certain surprises. So yeah, if you're sold on, on this movie, by all means, don't watch the trailer. But Topher Grace is another actor that's in in the movie, and he kind of plays this. Uh, yeah, I, I, he, he kind of plays a villain if you if you want to call him a villain in the movie because he, he's he's oh, well obviously he's a villain because he's part of the fucking KKK. Yeah, but, <laughs> <laughs> but like his character seems to be uh, the the kind of focus not not the focus but the aim of of these uh, of these police of the police force that want to really kind of infiltrate uh, infiltrate his kind of uh, his whole kind of cult his KKK cult, but. Uh, Topher Grace is another actor that he I don't know what it is about him in this movie he 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 looks funny as well and I know he's from that 70s show so comedy is sort right. of on the tip of his tongue but he, he I don't know what it is about him he kind of I don't know he just makes me laugh I don't know why I kind of wish it, it, I kind of wish he was like a bigger star than he is I feel like I feel like the 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 pseudo venom role in Spider Man three kind of just like broke his career for a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. And he just kind of disappeared for a while. Then he kind of showed up in Interstellar in a supporting role. And I kind of I this world needs some more Topher Grace in it. I think. Yeah, like I don't mind the guy. Like he's he's pretty good. Like I'll always kind of see him as Eric from that seventy show. But even what like you were saying there when he he just kind of randomly showed up in Interstellar. Kind of going, oh, uh, he's 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 blonde now, and he's kind of better looking. Yeah, it's, it's like, like it's like oh, that guy, I remember him. <laughs> yeah, You're like hang on, I knew that, I knew this guy from before, but I I read an interview with him recently where he was saying that he uh, after uh, that seventy show in Spider Man three, he actually made he well according to him he's had a lot he, he made a lot of money, so he was able to focus more on doing movies that he actually wanted to do. And he says now he wants to focus on more art house cinema, which uh, you know this type of movie is kind of in that category. So I think it, I think the future is kind of looking up for Tall for Grace, kinda because I don't think people are kind of looking at him as a huge star. Yeah, he's he just sort of he's just kind of like that. Like I said, he's like that guy that you know. And you see him in yeah. a movie, it's like oh, I remember him. He was in some movies that I saw. You know, exactly. Yeah, uh, I don't know what it is, but apparently. Now this isn't a spoiler, but rumor the rumor is that Donald Trump is actually in the end of this movie. Really? That's, yeah. Now I don't know if that's going to be used as may, as maybe I don't know footage of him somewhere else. I obviously he, I, I really I highly doubt he's not actually going to be in the movie with like a, a kind of cameo role. But yeah. Apparently he is in the movie, or someone else is playing him in a very very small kind of cameo role. But apparently, yeah, he is in the movie at the end of it. I wonder if it's like, 
some type of like hook right at the end, like it's some news footage that has to deal with like some legislation of like like racial um, divide or something like that. Um, yeah. And they bring him in, and he makes like some big declarative statement, as we all know from the dude. But yeah, I don't. I don't that's <laughs> that is so like I that, that's 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 like a classic uh, Spike Lee move. I feel like. <laughs> He's just, he yeah. just, he just gets, I mean, he, there are a lot of people who don't like his, his work and I'm not the huge fan of him as a, it's just like a, a personality. I mean, I just can't stand, I'm, I can't stand watching him in at the sideline of Knicks games on TV and things like that, <laughs> but he's just, he just kind of gets it, I think from a, from a cultural perspective. Some of his movies become a little heavy handed, but I think that's, he kind of touches on stories that probably need the light of day in that sense yeah. but yeah he knows he really knows how to kind of spark uh spark a kind of uh what's, what's what am i trying to say like spark a kind of a kind of debate almost with a film that really deals with sensitive stuff like i don't know like mainly race really like when you yeah. go back and look you go back and look at a movie like uh, uh do the right thing but that's a really, really old movie with him, and it's like right. That it, that's the sort of shtick of Spike Lee, and I hope that comes back because I can't think of a time now uh, that's any more kind of divided in the Western world now. Yeah, than America. You, pro- I don't live in America. I'm not American. You are, so I don't know what, what you think about that. But maybe Spike Lee is kind of it's kind of better now for him that he, he will be a bit more relevant, hopefully. Yeah, there, I, I think... I mean, I don't want to get too political here, but it's just... I definitely I definitely agree with that kind of divide. The I mean, left, left and right is just so f- far away from each other that I think that someone almost in radical, in a sense, from his filmmaking perspective, like Spike Lee is like a big shot in the arm to have conversation... I mean, there was that big uh, discussion. I mean, it's probably still going on about the "This Is America" music video. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the same thing, kind of from I guess just in film form, where you just have this guy who's just he doesn't care what you think, but he's going to get his message out there. And I think there's definitely something to respect about that, especially yeah, like he he has balls. He's always had balls. Like he really just goes for it. He doesn't really care, like you're saying. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. yeah, what else we got? Uh, we kind of touched on it earlier, but uh, I feel as if we didn't really go full on into it. But uh, Lars von Trier's uh, the the house that Jack built. Yeah, this is this is another one where I um, I heard about it and then I just didn't watch the trailer for the other reason, or I just didn't want to be disturbed <laughs> during my yeah. day. I was having like a good day when it dropped, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to get bummed out, <laughs> so I just haven't. <laughs> I just haven't gone back around to looking at it. So you haven't you haven't seen the trailer? No, I just know that it's Matt. It's Matt Dillon, right? Which yeah, Matt Dillon. He plays this uh, serial killer uh, who's clearly. I mean, he, he he even he even wears like kind of pedophile glasses. Like he really really looks the part. Oh, that's that's well, that's that's just wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd actually say don't watch the trailer for this one because. There's some, something that happens very on in the trailer where I was kind of like, oh, uh, I didn't expect that. Um, and I kind of... Is it spoilery? See, I haven't seen the film yet, obviously, so 
I can't. I, I don't really know how important it is. I guess it's not really important. But there's a character in it that's kind of a throwaway character, pretty clearly. And I was like, oh, uh, I didn't really see that coming. Especially when this is a two and a half hour serial killer movie about one man. Oh God. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't really know how to how to how to exactly feel about it. But apparently, Lars von Trier is really really happy with how it's how it's gone with this whole uh, controversy and you know. You know, alleged hundreds of people walking out of the theater because it was just so gruesome and graphic, and they couldn't take it. But I, I, I listened to one. Sorry, I listened to one critic talking about it, and he was sort of saying that um, I can't remember his name, but he, he was he, he was that kind himself, and he saw the movie, and he was saying that uh, you know, it, it's all kind of this this movie is the kind of perfect Lars von Trier movie because he's really kind of putting his own image out there no matter what if you, if you like it or not and the reason why a lot of critics are saying that mainly they don't like it is because of his, whole, his own kind of arrogance with not really caring so much that he's going to put out something so unbelievably provocative where it's kind of a double-edged sword I, I, got, I don't really know exactly how I feel about that um, I'd probably err on the side of positivity because well, because I'm an optimist as well, I suppose. But oh, I, that's nice. I, kind of, I wouldn't mind seeing it because it, it really does look... It, it looks like it could be pretty crazy and the weirder the better for me. Yeah, he's just one of those filmmakers where I get it. <laughs> I think... I, yeah. It's just... His movies are just such a bummer. Like, there's like like Melancholia where it's just, you're just waiting for people to die for like two hours or whatever. It's just... Yeah. Uh, like you just need to be like depressed to watch his movies, <laughs> and yeah. I mean, I guess I mean as a critic now, it's you just kind of have to go and see everything. But it's just you just have to just prepare yourself to just be like beaten in one of his movies, yeah. you know? Yeah, and there's a there's an audience for that definitely. I mean, it's not. I don't know if there's going to be like a, a Saw movie or a Hostel, or it's probably more on the side of Hostel. But um, it's definitely going to take a, it. it it would probably have a more artistic spin on it, the way he's always sort of done. Um, but yeah, um, I, I think we should definitely check that one out, no matter how we, how we feel about yeah, it. Yeah, I guess I'll just have to just sack up and go see that one. <laughs> That'll be weird. Um, but yeah, um, that's pretty much the biggest... I can't really think of any other movies that really bit me here when I was looking at Can uh, Girls of the Sun as well. Oh, what's uh, that one? Is, I haven't heard about that. Yeah, it, it's a French uh, war movie uh, with pretty much an all-female cast and an all like female directors as well. And, um, it's kind of uh, it, it, it's it, it. I'm pretty sure it's a it's a true story. It's a retelling of a, of a true of a true story where this kind of band of female uh, uh, band band of women just trying to take back their hometown. Uh, from these extremists in a in a in a, in a battle, so um, I really don't know much about that one myself, to be honest. But yeah, that was shown at Cannes as well. Uh, it's a it, it, yeah, a Kurd, it's a Kurdish family that attempts to take back uh, take back their land from Ooh. extremists. Is it kind of exploitative, or do you just have no idea? No, I, I, well, I, I don't know if it's exploitative now, but um, it looks fairly straightforward. I couldn't really find much about it, but um, that really got a lot of attention as well. A lot of attention as well. So I kind of like I kind of like when 
um, there's just nothing about a movie, and you just kind of you just kind of hear about it, and you're like, oh, okay, I guess that'll be pretty good. Um, yeah, there was a couple like I watched uh, the, for last year. I watched the Killing of the Sacred Deer, kind of with that in mind. Where oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just didn't I was not prepared, but <laughs> I just had no I just had no idea what what was gonna happen. I was just like, oh, I heard this is like a movie that like people saw. So I'm just, yeah. and I just put it on and like the first scene is just like open heart surgery. So I was like, Oh God. Oh, <laughs> oh I know. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I, I like being pleasantly surprised like that. Like there's an actor in that movie, uh, Barry, Ke- Barry Keown, who's it's... actually an Irish actor as well. He's, he's born from, born in Dublin, bred in Dublin, apparently like exactly where I'm from. And he's, uh, he was in Dunkirk. Uh, yeah. He was, well, oh, I've got this major spoiler there for Dunkirk, but, uh, he's in American American Animals as well. That was shown at that was shown at Sundance too. Yeah, that's um, that's one. I mean, yeah. If we just want to jump right into other movies we want to see, that's that was one that was on my list because yeah. um, I think when I was compiling my list of just random movies that I was interested in on a smaller scale this summer, it was it, a lot of it was about the like kind of like the story behind it. So uh, American Animals, it's. I mean, you would kind of agree it's probably like the the art house version of like an Ocean's Eleven or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But that's a great description. Yeah, actually. but what I'm what I'm really interested in is um, this is the first movie that includes Movie Pass Ventures, which is so that subscription uh, movie system that's like kind of being the talk of the town is they they went in with with uh, the Orchard on this movie at Sundance. And yeah. so they're they're co-distributing this movie. So the the idea behind it is that they get in on basically all types of profit that go into a move into the movie going uh, experience. So are you are you a movie pass guy? Do you have that? What well, uh, movie pass? What do you mean? Um. So it's so that's the so it's the subscription based um kind of I don't it's it's. It's kind of they've changed a lot, so it's kind of hard to describe since they're losing so much money at the moment. But it's sort of uh, the way the way I'm in it is it's you pay ten dollars a month as kind of like a subscription fee, and then you can go see a movie a day. Oh Jesus, yeah, of course, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. So there. Sorry, I thought you said something else there. I, it's a movie <laughs> past, as in like yes. Yeah, it's all right. I'm keeping. I'm keeping this in. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but. Um, so yeah, like they're in on the dis- distribution of this movie, where yeah. so they're kind of getting in on all parts of where the money comes in in the movie in a movie experience. So they're getting in on all types of just all like general ticket payments, and then they also have like the movie pass marketing that go that they kind of get all their money from, and then you have the subscription fees. So I'm kind of interested to see. I mean, I'm interested to see the movie because it's it's. I mean, it has Barry Keoghan. Is that his name? Barry Keoghan. Is that how you say it? Yeah. And you see, this is the Irish kind of. Uh, this is the Irish confusion here. His name is Barry Keoghan. If you can see that. Ooh. Yeah, I'm just gonna Keown. call. I'm just gonna go Barry K. From now on. Yeah, yeah. But well, <laughs> I could be really embarrassed here because I could be wrong about that myself. But if I had to guess, his name was Barry Keoghan. Oh that's yeah. That's what I would say. That's as an Irish. that's that's a nightmare. <laughs> but. <laughs> There's just too, there's just way too many syllables for that to be it, but, but so it's him and then 
most people know um, it's Evan Peters. Evan Peters. From, yeah. uh, it's your new Quicksilver. He's also in it. And then Blake Jenner, who's kind of been in some smaller movies with, um, he was in Everybody Wants Some, that yeah. spiritual sequel to Days and Confused. And he was in, um, oh, what was that other movie? Um, oh, Edge of 17. He was in that movie as well yeah, as, yeah. as the older brother figure. But it's kind of like this interesting cast, which I'm sure the movie's going to be really entertaining. But it'll just be because it'll just be interesting to see. Like this is like a make or break type of deal for Movie Pass. Because if this movie tanks, like there's kind of reports that Movie Pass is already short on on cash. They're cash poor at the moment. I mean, there's other. The obviously the CEO has come back and said like, uh, no, we have a solid line of credit that'll make us last for a while. But uh, it's just interesting to see what they're trying to do with this company. And I just don't know if it's going to work, but I'm, all I know is I don't care because I'm saving so much money a week on movies because I use the movie pass and they're probably going to go bankrupt on me alone. But I don't know. What, what, do, you, what, do, you th- what do you think about it? No, I mean, I, when I look at this movie as well in particular, it's like this is the first movie for Bart, you know, the director, Bart Layton. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, the first, it's his first movie since The Imposter. So... I'm kind of looking at this movie as a kind of, it's similar to a kind of Breaking Bad type thing where it's like bored, just bored, losery teenagers who who are kind of outcasts become liberated by this kind of life of crime. But that's that, like, I don't really know much about it. I'm kind of deliberately not not wanting to know much about it either. Um, And it is out in June as well. I think it's out in June, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Is that June? I think yeah, so. I think it's June 1st. Yeah, I think it's I think it's June 1st. Um, let me check my notes. Yeah, June 1st it comes out. So that'll probably be some yeah. type of smaller release that'll kind of expand if it does well. But that's definitely one to look out for in a few weeks. But how about on your end? What's one you were really, really looking forward to? Um, there was one. There's one movie called Wildlife. I, I didn't even talk to you about that yet. Oh, uh, what, have you heard about it? I have. I have no idea. Please, please enlighten me. Yeah. Uh, you'd probably be a bit excited about this because uh, this is uh, Paul Dano's debut film. It's his first directorial oh, debut. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, it, it was already shown at Sundance. And um, IFC Films, they secured the rights and it's going to be released in the UK in uh, November. And uh, I think, in the, you, know, you know you know the way it is with these release dates. They're kind of all over the place. In, like in the US, they, I think Sundance... Was Sundance this year or... Yeah, it was in was January. Jan- yeah, January. So it was shown there, but it's going to get a worldwide, a worldwide release soon. And it stars Kerry Mulligan and Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's not much known about it. I, I don't even I don't even think there's a trailer. There's only like a few screenshots or something. I could be wrong about that. There probably is a trailer. But it's, uh, it's about uh, a boy that sees his mother cheating um, on, his, on his father. And it kind of kind of follows follows the story from the perspective of the child and um, it's based on a novel by Richard Ford and uh, that actually Paul Dano Paul Dano actually couldn't, he, he co-wrote the movie as well oh really so yeah and the movie's set in the 1960s as well so it's kind of this is kind of a new hurdle for Paul Dano but I have a good feeling about it because he's always been really kind of I always really I liked Paul Dano because he's sort of He's, he just seems like a guy who's always sort of been gung-ho with, with, with the film industry and making films. And 
He seems like a guy that could be really talented in that area. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's... I, he's always... I think he's one of the more thoughtful actors working today. I mean, just... He kind of... I mean, I I think my first major introduction to him was There Will Be Blood when he was opposite yeah. uh, Dion Lewis, And he, he just kind of creates these characters that are all very separate from each other. And they all have, like, their, their little tics and little, like, intricacies that are all different. So I think that's something that could really translate well to directing because he's, he's kind of, he has to, like, put everything on his shoulders and create his own vision, kind of. So, yeah, that kind of sounds really, really awesome. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, like I think you're right there because a lot of a lot of actors seem to make good directors because they can understand exactly how actors kind of need to be to get into this zone for this yeah. character or whatever. And I think like even with Little Miss Sunshine, the, the first time I saw him was Little Miss Sunshine, and then I was introduced to. I think I think I saw that before. There would be blood. Funny enough, but um, it was Little Miss Sunshine, and then you see him in uh, Prisoners as well. He doesn't even. Oh, he's great in he, Prisoners. Yeah, he's really underrated in that. Like, and I, I know the likes of Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman are sort of stealing the show there, and they're they're fantastic in that movie. But it's like Paul Paul Dano is that kind of guy. He has that Gary Oldman thing going on where he can kind of disappear, and you don't even notice him a bit sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I wanted to talk about another one that's already it's technically already released. Um, it came out last weekend in super. Uh, small release in LA and New York. It's called First Reformed. Have you heard much oh, about yeah, this yeah. one? So, this movie, I mean, I'm just kind of interested. It's written and directed by Paul Schrader, who, for those who don't know, uh, basically got his start in uh, writing Taxi Driver. And he yeah. went on to write Ra- Raging Bull, and he's had a really successful career since then. But one of the things that's really interesting about about him is that he just had like this really kind of sheltered, somewhat damaging youth where he didn't. I don't think he saw a movie until he was like a teenager, because he he just he was just like yeah he was he had a rigorous Catholic upbringing. I think it was Catholic. It was some it was some form of Christianity, but where he just didn't like he was just kind of cut off from the world and it kind of manifests in a lot of his writing so it's so and then it works perfectly with first reform because it's ethan hawk playing uh, a priest of sorts um well not of sorts he is a priest but (laughs) he's kind of dealing with his own past i think he has a a son who died um they kind of kept a lot of these plot points secret which i'm also i really kind of like but basically he has this conversation with like a crazy environmentalist type of deal and it kind of because the environmentalist is like how can we worship uh, a person who kind of brings destruction to this earth and whatnot things like that I could be butchering that but that's kind of what I got from it but and then he kind of kind of sends Ethan Hawke on like this downward spiral um, it's probably going to be really heavy just because it's Paul Schrader <laughs> I mean it's ta- it's taxi driver we're talking about here so and the the cast is kind of like just interesting. Uh, besides Ethan Hawke, uh, like uh, Cedric the Entertainer, isn't it? Uh, yeah. And Amanda Seyfried as well. Like it just it just kind of it's just a weird little project that I've I've seen a couple of reviews already where some people are calling it one of the best movie, movies of the year so far. So um, I don't know how much of a 
awards push it'll get just because of its release date and I don't know. A twenty four they don't it's an A twenty four movie, so they don't have all the money in the world to kind of push all their films, but it's this is one that I can't wait for it to expand. Yeah. And they seem to be pushing this film as well as a kind of modern day taxi driver too. And man that's primarily because it's Paul Schrader. Yeah. But again, it's like Ethan Hawke just looks absolutely perfect in this role. He just really does. He, he looks like he's really, he's kind of found a sweet spot with this character because he, he can kind of, you can tell that he's kind of, when he's acting in this movie, he's like kind of restraining a bit and it, it just kind of has that kind of tragic kind of vibe to it where I think Ethan Hawke really suits that. And I don't know if you've seen the you know the, the before midnight trilogy, but Ethan yeah. Hawke is just—he's such a good actor that you forget he's acting. I find. Yeah, he's he's just a really interesting, thoughtful dude. I've heard him talk in a couple podcasts myself, and he's just—he's just kind of really interested in. He's just a a really interesting guy in film. Like he just loves yeah. um, interesting little stories that talk about different issues. Uh, that so uh, he's beyond excited about this movie himself. So I can I I imagine this one will probably be really fantastic and knock our socks off whenever it gets out to our areas. But yeah, and that that's probably I know you're saying A twenty four doesn't really have a lot of uh, probably doesn't have the resources to be pushing for awards. But if I had to guess, any movie from this year that would be that would be that would be really good with awards, it would be First Reform. Yeah, I'm just. It, and they always have their uh, movies that they really uh, pin down during the award season push, uh, like November and December, where they always we all, we we have we like we just haven't heard about them yet. So yeah. I that was kind of the thing with me with Lady Bird last year that just kind of snuck up on me, and I think it just kind of they said, hey, we have this movie coming out in November, and it turns out that was the one that was like the major push, and the Florida Project as well kind of had a later release. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I would love more than anything for this movie to get a big awards push, but I, I just don't know what's coming, what's coming our way. There could be something that could, they might put all their resources in, but I don't know. That's some, that's probably another conversation for another time. I think. Um, no, totally. I got, I got a lot of movies here, Nick. I got a lot of movies to talk about. Oh yeah. <laughs> let, let me hear one. Yeah. Uh, well, another one I want to talk about uh, is uh, now I don't know how to feel about this, but I'll see what you think. And uh, I don't know if you've probably heard about this movie, but uh, have you heard of uh, Gotti? Oh, the uh, the what John Travolta movie? Yeah, the the new uh, John Travolta movie. Uh, it's about the uh, the Gambino mob yeah. in the nineties, and yeah, it's about uh, John Gotti and John Travolta plays John Gotti and. I like, I I don't I know John Travolta's sort of had his ups and downs and his masterpiece is like uh, Battlefield Earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a, like this, that, that's a ma- that's a masterpiece in in its own way. Let's be yeah. fair with that one. <laughs> yeah. in, in the room, it's a room level masterpiece, which is yes, uh, exactly. There are movies out there that are so bad that are just absolutely fucking brilliant. <laughs> amazing. But, like, I think, for some reason, I, I don't know, it's probably the optimist in me as well, but for some reason I kind of get a good feeling about this movie. I think John Travolta kind of suits this this part. But it, it's, 
again, I'm kind of worried as well because I don't know if the gangster genre seems to work as well uh, post Sopranos because it's like it's like the Sopranos sort of sort of ended all all possibility of any more good gangster movies to top it because it's like it, it kind of done it. it it really went everywhere with that subgenre but I don't know what it is about this movie Gotti um, it's set in the 80s and 90s and um, I can't remember who direct, uh, the, the director is Kevin Connolly who, uh, oh he hasn't, from Entourage yeah. right yeah he's he's an actor as well yeah yeah so it's like I don't really know what to expect from him because I don't think he had, I don't think he's actually directed a film before so it kind of it could be make or break for him I don't know but, I don't know, we'll see. I, I think it might be, I mean, kind of with Travolta in general, it's either a big hit or a big miss. So, I think either way, if, if this movie's terrible or it's great, I think, I mean, that kind of just diluted my own saying there. But I think it's could be. It's going to be interesting either way, I think. Yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. It's like, if, it's, if John Travolta's attached to it and it's 2018, it's like, oh, I don't know. But it's like... If you go back and look at the uh, the show, I haven't seen it, but that the O.J. Simpson show. Yeah, he was great in that in that show. Yeah, I heard he was actually pretty pretty decent in that. And it, like, uh, I don't know. I know he's all crazy about Scientology as well, but maybe this could be a, a kind of new, you know, a new start from you know. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I don't, yeah, I have no idea either. I is, do you know when that's coming out? You have any idea? I don't actually. I. Yeah, I'm I'm, sh- I'm sure people can figure it out, but uh, there's another one that I'm kind of not the highest on, but I think it's another one where I'm just kind of interested in kind of the the thing, like kind of the machinations behind it. It's called Adrift. Have you heard about this one? Yeah. So yeah, for it's for people that don't know, it's coming out June 1st, and it's Shailene Woodley and Sam Claflin. I think that's how you say his last name, but basically they're two sailors that set out from. Tahiti on the way to San Diego and they got caught in the middle of Hurricane Raymond and obviously they get capsized and they're stranded out in the water and they have to find uh, a way back to land before they die. Um, the, the trailer kind of makes it sort of, it feels kind of lifetimey. Like they, it looks like they're really focusing on the romance of it and I don't know if that's going to be great, but the, like Shailene Woodley and Sam Claflin are just kind of like these two actors who never qu- are never quite hit it big. They've always they've both had their roles like Shailene Woodley's had like the the Fault in Our Stars and all these like she's a, she's a name and Sam Claflin's also a pretty decent name that like people recognize. But I wonder if this was the final straw where it's like all right we just need a movie to show our acting skills on the most grand scale possible, which means just the two of us going off of each other for the entire movie. Um, so I don't know, this movie could be terrible, but I think it's definitely, it's one of the other ones. I think all of them on our list, like they're, they could be terrible, but they're interesting. I think. Yeah, no, I'd I'd agree with you there. It's like the movie, when I look at, when I looked at the trailer, it was like, Jesus, this film, it, it start the trailer starts off as a kind of, you know, kind of typical almost rom-com but yeah kind it's of, kind of it's kind of weird <laughs> it just doesn't play yeah, right it's kind of bizarre but then as it goes on it kind of turns into a it's sort of 127 hours type situation where it's just kind of rough and really kind of oh my god yeah. this is really hard to watch but 
It's like it's it's directed by uh, here's another name I'm probably gonna absolutely destroy, but Balthazar Cormacur, Cormacur. Yeah, something like um, that. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of weird when you go back to his when you go back into his film history because it's like he, he's he's actually made kind of what would you call kind of like action like like contraband and two guns. Yeah, and then he he went on to make Everest. Right. Yeah. Earth, like two or three years ago or something like that, and now he's sort of carried that on now with Adrift, which will be sort of in the same in the same realm as uh, as Everest. But, yeah, uh, it's like a it's kind of like he kind of looks like he likes telling like these disaster movies with like a small focus type of deal because Everest was like, yeah. just a a bunch of smaller like just a group of what is that mountain hikers I don't know but. Yeah, it's just, he just kind of, I don't really know what to make of him. I think his movies are, like, they're functional. But I don't know if I've ever, I don't know if I've ever seen a great Balthazar Cormac Kerr movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, I don't really look at it as, it doesn't really grab me, to be honest, this, this film. I mean, I I know what you're saying about, uh, I mean, I I like uh, Shailene Woodley. I, I actually do like it. The, the first time we saw her was in uh, The Descendants. Yeah, in she's Descendants. she's really good in that movie. Yeah, she's really, really good in that film. And that was the first time I watched her. And, and it's it's sort of like, there's a joke. There's like, the, they, they throw around the kind of joke where her. It's like, she's the poor man's kind of uh, Jennifer Lawrence, which is kind of shallow. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I happen to like her. I, like, I, I think if she was given a bit more, I mean, I know she's probably going for more art house stuff, but, and I know she does the Divergent. That she did the, the Divergent trilogy. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I don't really mind her. I, th- I think she could be good in the next five years. You could see a bit more of her. But I think she's good. Yeah, I def I definitely think so. What 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 and, else you got for me? Uh, there was another movie. I forgot. I'm actually really excited about this one. Uh, oh, all right. No, uh, maybe I kind of maybe not. Maybe not too excited, but. Uh, you know, you see uh, searching the movie searching. Yeah, that was on my that was on my list too. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm really. Wait, excited what did you for this think one. of that? It's so I guess we should just explain it off the top for people listening. So it's John Cho, um, the Harold and Kumar, the new Star Trek movies, and it's basically him trying to find his daughter who's gone missing, just completely on like uh, technology. Uh, the entire movie takes place kind of either on like a phone screen or on yeah. like a webcam. But yeah, I've, I've heard of like, there's some, there's some, uh, kind of early reviews for this one and they're all really, really positive, which is kind of surprising, but cause it's also, it's a screen gems movie from Sony and yeah. they're never that they're kind of never solid in quality. They're kind of just cheaper movies that they can kind of just throw out there and make a quick buck on. But searching looks really, really solid, and um, it's kind of one. It's comes out in August. It's kind of one of my more anticipated movies of the summer. Yeah, and it's like it's not only because of like yeah, the plot is pretty terrifying. Like it, it's it's pretty much about a parent who uh, his uh, it's his daughter who goes missing. Mm-hmm. So the parent goes online to kind of track down all her friends to find out where she's gone and then it's like the whole kind of uh, the whole kind of mystery and the whole kind of um, what am I trying to say the whole kind of shock of the film is that he thought she was this person and then he finds out that she's obviously not 
and he, he finds out that she doesn't really have a lot of friends and yeah it, and that's it, it kind of snowballs from there and then it gets very very uh, like you could not I'm not a parent myself I don't have any kids yeah but this seems like a movie that really would really hit hard to a lot of parents out there because social media it really does deal with the whole kind of that whole kind of uh, thing of social media where it really can be dangerous and that's 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 going to be the kind of central team around this film I'd say yeah, it's another one of those... John Cho is another one of those guys where it's like, he's just really good in everything he's in, and I really hope this is like a good star turn for him, because I just want yeah. him to have a nice meaty role to just show how good he is, because he's, he's really, really good, and he's a lot more than Harold from Harold and Kumar, <laughs> but... Yeah, my worry is that I don't know if I'm going to be able to take him that seriously in this Yeah, movie. he is one of those sure. things that he's kind of he's kind of ruined because you've seen so many laughs with him in the past. <laughs> Yeah, but no, but I, I do like him though. Like I, I do like what he's doing here with this film. I do like it. So all right, so I got another one here. It's it's another A twenty four film. So shocker there. But oh, can I guess? Can I guess what this one is? Oh, actually, go for it. Uh, is this Under the Silver Lake? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is that on your list too? Yeah, that's on my list. Yeah, that's so. I I watched the trailer for it like once, probably a few months ago, and it, from what I remember, it's um, Andrew Garfield uh, just kind of meets this random girl. I think it's played by Riley uh, Keough. I don't know how to say her last name, but she's a, she's an actress. She's been around, and so she's just kind of like swimming in his apartment uh, pool complex, like complex pool, and then she just kind of disappears, and then it's up to Andrew Garfield just kind of like find her in LA and like it kind of leads him to like the dark underbelly of the city and it's kind of surreal so yeah I, it's kind of it's just another one of those where I don't know much about it but it's A24 so I'm sold and I will I will see it yeah exactly and it's directed by David Robert Mitchell as well who was behind uh, It Follows it oh follows I didn't even realize it was from him that's that's so good yeah that's 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 another thing that really makes it kind of promising as well because like I love that movie It Follows I thought it was like I know a lot of people think it's overrated and it's, it's a bit slow but I really love that film and, yeah but, I, I think it's one of the better contemporary horror movies of like the last like 10 years yeah Tarantino absolutely loved it apparently uh, that's he, like, oh. he also likes weird movies though um <laughs> like there was one uh, for what, what was the one oh he said Whatever year it was, he said that The Intern was, like, the best movie that year. Or something like that. With, like, Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway. Yeah. It was, like, the weird... It was, like, the weirdest thing where he was like, Ah, that movie was great. It was so good. And all of us were like, what? Yeah. It kind of goes to show that he's really watching movies. He's really watching every movie. Well, yeah, that's why his movies are so great to begin with. Because he just... When he was young, he just watched all, like, the exploitation movies and all, like, the Japanese kung fu movies like the guy's just like an encyclopedia at this point oh yeah he is just a library of films in his head that he just he's kind of one he's kind of this this generation's genius of like because what he's able to do is that i know we're going off into a tangent here again but it's like quentin tarantino can he can appeal to like all audiences he really can like when i remember when django and chain came out back in 2012 it was like Everybody would not stop talking about that film, and it was just all it was was a cowboy movie. 
It was it was just a Western movie. Yeah, that had a, a strong racist kind of angle. Very oh, very very strong. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I think I think the N word is said like over a hundred times or something. It's something yeah. absurd. I think it's the most ever in a movie. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. There's some st- statistic out there where it's like at least top five. Yeah, even more than 12 Years a Slave, which is, is pretty heavy as well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, totally. But yeah, like, this movie, Under the Silver Lake, is, uh, it, it, lo- it does look kind of mysterious. It doesn't, I wouldn't I wouldn't say, you know, go in expecting, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I wouldn't be expecting It Follows from yeah. this, like, any sort of similarities from that. But uh, it does seem like a kind of uh, quirky, almost detective movie. The yeah. where this girl is gone and it, it, it's, it is a bit of a mystery yeah it's just kind of I don't know it's just one of those weird movies that uh, definitely a bigger studio wouldn't pick up on it's just yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a weird thing that I'm kind of happy it exists even though I haven't seen it so I don't know we'll see but what else you got for me um, well this this isn't a movie that's very high on my list but um, you know Destination Wedding uh, yeah, I just saw the trailer for this one the other day. Yeah, it, it's kind of, uh, if for anyone who doesn't know, uh, it's a movie, it's it's by Victor Levin, um, and he's kind of, he, he's the big producer behind Mad Men, but um, it stars Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder, and it's basically, basically the plot of it is that they meet each other, they're complete strangers, and they meet each other getting onto a plane, and... I'm not really sure. They kind of end up going to this wedding where they kind of... It, it, it's it's obviously a rom-com. It's pretty clearly yeah. a rom-com. But it's kind of... I don't know. The, the last time we saw Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder together in a film was Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. I think that was oh. the last time we saw it. With you. And it, it, like, I, I'm going to say right now that I, I love... I actually really like Keanu Reeves. I find it very hard not to like him because he's like, yeah. he's dubbed as the nicest guy in Hollywood. But if you go back and watch Dracula, I know there's films out there like, you know, Samurai Cop and Troll 2 or The Room, where they, 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 they're kind of bad movies where, you know, it, it has a bit of a bad movie shtick to it where you can enjoy it. But Keanu Reeves gave one of the, probably the worst acting performance yeah, he's ever seen. He's really bad in that movie. Yeah, he's just—it's awful. He, he need—he just needs to be used correctly. Like he's—he's—he's he's, yeah. he's just really—he's really good. Like in the John Wick movies, he's really good as like this kind of like this force. Uh, yeah, so, he's perfect in the John Wick movies. So, he's but if, spot on. Yeah, but if you try to like get him doing like Shakespeare or anything like that, like no, <laughs> like just stop. Yeah. I mean, you could probably respect him for giving it a go back back then, but it's like, yeah. oh it, my god, the, the scene where he's fucking. He's sitting down eating dinner with uh, Anthony Hopkins, who plays Van Helsing in the movie, and it's just like he cannot do. He, he just cannot escape, you know, uh, uh, you know what's it called, Bill Ted's Excellent Adventures. Like he just, yeah. he just, he can't escape Keanu Reeves, <laughs> and he's sitting there going, "I know where the bastard sleeps," and it's just like, "Fuck, this is so weird." And it's like Winona Ryder sitting there looking at him going. Oh my god! I don't know what I'm doing right now. <laughs> but, but with Destination Wedding, it's like maybe they can redeem themselves because the acting actually does look not even in the same realm as uh, you know Gary Oldman's Dracula. Yeah, now, looks, and it, I, I, I actually like. It's not the movie that's the problem. It's it's just Keanu Reeves acting. Yeah, that's pretty terrible. He lo- the movie. The movie looks kind of cute in a way. Like it's yeah. just kind of them bickering the whole time. 
um, which is kind of it, in the trailer. It never got old. It's actually really really funny throughout. But I kind of hope they don't get together in the end because um, there's a Maybe. there's a there's a studio um, like a big budget like studio version of this where they like they like hold hands in the end and like they like become married or something like that. But like these these two characters just kind of look like two despicable people. And I think it would yeah. be really perfect if, like, they just, like, just, like, the, the movie ended before any type of relationship happened. I don't know. Maybe that's because I just saw a Book Club the other, the other day. And it, oh, was, yeah, yeah. and it was the most sanitized, like, clean, fluffy movie I've seen in a <laughs> long time. Where it was just, like, it was just the most cliche thing where, like, uh, characters are, like gonna go to the airport and run down their person they love or people people meet on rooftops and tell how much they mean to each other in the in the moonlight like it's just it is just yeah it is it is just all cheese and uh and i mean it's kind of cute because it has a lot of fun actors in it from over the years but it's just one of those things where i just kind of want it these some of these romance films to be a little messy I think, yeah. and I think this has the potential to do that. Hopefully, yeah. No, we'll see. We'll see. Like, I, I, I don't care if it's terrible. I'll always love Keanu Reeves. Oh, same. <laughs> I'm just excited for John Wick three coming out next. I think around next this time oh, next year. God. I was hoping to talk about that actually. Oh, go for it, man. <laughs> well, I know it's it's so long away. I know a year is so long away to wait for John Wick three. But uh, my God, like. Like, I, you probably don't know how much I love those movies. Me and my friends will watch John Wick over and over and over again. And I don't know what it is about those movies. It's just like, it's it's proper gung fu. Yeah, it's, and it's, like, it's so great. Yeah, I, I, got, I don't know what you think about those movies. Oh, they're, I, those two are the most, some of the most entertaining movies to come out in recent years. Uh, yeah. And, and they... I just can't wait for the third one because, I mean, spoilers for John Wick 2, which you should have seen already because it's been out for over a year, but it basically where it leaves off is that everyone in the world is an assassin. (laughs) So that means Keanu Reeves is basically going to have to fight everybody in the world, which just... just, It's going to be... I can Sorry to cut you you off, but it's like, I could even describe... You can even describe this, this sequel as like, an apocalyptic John Wick movie. Yeah, just take just take my money, just take all of my money to yeah. see that movie right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I cannot wait to see that. And it's like the end of the last, like spoilers again, but like the end of the last one, the second one is like it kind of reminded me of the end of the Dark Knight. Yeah, where you know Batman is running off and taking the blame, and on, he's on the hunt, and John Wick is sort of in that very similar position. And that's what kind of got me really excited. I was like, oh my god, this is like the Dark Knight all over again. It's like my the Dark Knight is like one of my favorite movies, like my top five. Yeah. Honestly. But it's like John Wick three. I, I don't know if uh, if uh, David Leach. I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. I can never get his fucking name right. But David Leach. I don't know if he's actually. Do you know if he's attached to this one? I th- he, he, I think ahead. it's um. I think it's the other side of that duo. Um, yeah, Chad Stiles. Yeah, Stiles. yeah. He directed uh, two. If I th- if I'm correct. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm pretty sure it's just his movie this time because uh, Leach is going off after Deadpool. He's doing the yeah. he's doing the Jason Statham Rock Fast and Furious spinoff movie. 
Oh, is he? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, so he's doing that. So I think he's preoccupied with that one. So I'm pretty sure, yeah, it's just Chad Stahelski's job from here on out. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of a testament to how successful those first two John Wick movies are because not only is the sequel coming out, but I heard I heard rumblings of a, of a TV show coming out as well called The Continental. Yeah, so did I. I would watch. I would watch that in a heartbeat. I think that's. Yeah. It's. I think it's the perfect setup for some big, long TV show with just a bunch of assassins. But yeah, yeah. I don't know if Keanu Reeves have have any involvement in that, but just that whole kind of underworld of, of uh, you know, gun crime and you know John Wick type shit is just really appealing. Yeah. So I, I really. I, I, I cannot wait for John McTree. Like, when, when that comes out, I'm more than the biggest box of popcorn. Of yeah. <laughs> I just get, gotta get all my friends to go see it because we really geek out over those movies. Yeah, I just can't wait to see which kind of small appliance he uses to kill someone next. Because <laughs> after him using a pencil in John Wick 2, like, I'm just sold on whatever yeah. whatever else he can do. Yeah, it, it's got, I don't know how... I, Again, that kind of worries me, though. I mean, you know, it, it's kind of rare for a trilogy to be fully good. So I think they're, this is actually their biggest challenge. And Keanu Reeves is going to be 55 by the time this film comes out. And he, 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 I don't know how he does some of these stunts, because even in the first Sean Wick movie, he, he kind of, uh, for, the, for four months straight, he trained in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Uh, driving stunts uh, marksmanship and he's just like a workhorse and yeah, I kind of feel bad for him because he got a he got a bad rap the past and his life is pretty tough apparently as well but uh, I I just think he's amazing I think he's really good when he's given this role that's one that's when we do our 2019 summer preview we can talk about that one in more in more detail yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so I think I have I have two more so we can just go into years after that, but uh, my first, no, my next first of two is another A twenty four movie. Of course, um, it's called Eighth Grade. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bo Burnham movie. It's his directorial debut. He wrote and directed it. Uh, it's July thirteenth, so that probably means for people in the states that'll probably mean like look out for it end of July, maybe first week of August, because it's probably yeah. in L A and New York to start, but. Yeah, it's just sort of this really small-scale story of this girl's last week of 8th grade, and she's just trying to deal with so people and social media and the personalities that people have in real life versus on social media. And from what I've heard, it's just this really poignant, just really interesting discussion that's like really heartfelt and... It looks like I don't know what type of broad appeal it has, but I hope it kind of turns into a ladybird type scenario. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the same thing where it's uh, this girl coming into her own. I just yeah, I, I'm just I just want to make I just I just hope this I just hope for the world for this movie that it does really well. Yeah, uh, as well, I, I think Ladybird is a good comparison as well because uh, it's it, it is kind of that kind of coming of age film as well, where it's like. I think the the kind of unknown cast kind of helps this film. Yeah, totally. It's it's not very distracting and um, helps the whole kind of uh, everyday feel to the movie, and you can kind of relate to it. It's not, you know, it, it's not, you know, uh, it's not Emma Watson or something like that, where it's like, oh, 
there's the next movie she's in where she's just kind of this perfect girl or whatever. And it's like, sir, it, it, I was going to say, it, it kind of has, it kind of has that social media thing going on as well with the likes of searching, where it kind of does rely on you know, the current age of social media and how it can affect us and, you know, really diminish your confidence as a teenager. And again, I think, I think that movie could be pretty good. Yeah, I think there's a lot of room for smart movies that cover social media and things like that. I just think it kind of gets a bad rap in movies, like with all the terrible low-budget horror movies that get released. And it's just they just use social media and it's a 45-year-old writing the dialogue. So it just sounds like the, it just sounds like the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I think I think this for eighth grade. I think this one is gonna turn. It's gonna turn out really, really solidly. Yeah, well, there is an audience for it definitely because when you look at something like uh, Thirteen Reasons Why, that's that true. Yeah. So and the second season is out now, which I haven't really heard much about myself. But uh, no, there's definitely an audience for. It. I can see this film being. I can see this film definitely making some noise. Anyway, I yeah. don't know. I hope so. And then uh, we kind of talked about this one before. Uh, I just really wanted to jump to it really quick. Uh, the Happy Time Murders. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this this yeah. movie could be the worst thing ever. Yeah. Um, it could just be not funny in every way, but I'm gonna be there opening night <laughs> to see a bunch of Jim Henson Muppets. Yeah. Well, um, well, before we go, I think we should probably explain what this is first for anyone who doesn't. Oh know. yeah, do it. Go ahead. Yeah. You got it. No, it, 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 right. This is basically uh, it's it's basically a Muppet movie, but it's not for kids at all. Think of Sausage Party, where you know you watch the trailer of Sausage Party, like oh, this is a funny kids movie, like this is the new Toy Story or whatever, and it's like you know a minute into the trailer is like you know it's not at all a kids movie, and it's like. With happy, uh, the happy time murders is just like exactly that, and uh, Melissa McCarthy is in it, and there's a lot of uh, you know sex jokes, murders in it. Uh, there's violence. There's even one scene. I know we spoke about this scene in the trailer, but there's one scene in the trailer <laughs> that's just like you'll know when you see it. But it's it's just one Muppet, two Muppet characters are having sex in an office, and one of them. The, ma- the male character is ejaculating and it is going on <laughs> fucking way too long. It goes on. Going, it goes on uh, so long to the point where it stops being funny, but then yeah. it keeps going, so then it's funny again. <laughs> yeah, Im- imagine seeing that in the, in, like as a trailer before a movie in the cinema. My, like been... my brother, uh, when he went, he saw Deadpool himself this weekend, and he said he, that trailer played before Deadpool. Oh, and it, well, that's kind of perfect, though, for Deadpool. Yeah, and, it, and apparently he said it brought the house down. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I, I like. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying it's going to be a complete disaster. I mean, it very well it could probably, be. It very well could be, though. Oh yeah, it, it probably most likely will. Yeah. I mean, if, if you look at if you look at the if you just look at the whole kind of setup of this film, it, it is really, really, really ridiculous. Oh, totally. So. I don't know, um, but still, I wouldn't mind seeing it. <laughs> yeah, it's the one thing I'm kind of excited for. So it stars Melissa McCarthy as this cop, and she has a Muppet cop sidekick, or I don't know if they're just buddy. It's a buddy cop movie with the Muppet and Melissa McCarthy, yeah. and 
it looks like Melissa McCarthy, like a lot of her, a lot of her movies are, she's acting ridiculous and she's the loudest one in the room. But with this one, it kind of seems like, like she's kind of like the straight woman or the straight, like she's the straight man in the comedy to just the absurdity of the Muppets, which is kind of just like a different lens for her. So I hope like she's, she's incredibly talented, but I hope this is a really like a, just a kind of departure from her normal work. Yeah, I mean, it, it could just end up to be another Ghostbusters. Yeah. It's just like a complete, well, pretty much a complete catastrophe, I'd say. Um, yeah, we don't want to get the internet mad at us for that one, but... <laughs> yeah, well, I know I know a lot of people are really crazy about that film. They, they love it, and I know what they're trying to do with it, but uh, I don't know. It's just like, it, it's kind of like Ghostbusters is sacrilege. Yeah, I'm, I'm, in, kind of... I'm in the same boat with you on that one. It's just, yeah. it just, and then there's a, I watched the director's cut for it and it's just 15 more, 15, 20 more minutes of them just like riffing, like the worst part of the movie. And it's, there's like a dance number in there. It's really bad. It's really, yeah. really bad. Well, Chris, I actually like Chris Hemsworth in the movie. Yeah. He's he's, of, he's, he was pretty good in that. I mean, yeah, he's kind of just like, just an idiot, but like, he's really good at it. <laughs> Yeah, he's yeah, he's really good at acting that kind of hunky, gorgeous, stupid Thor, basically. Yeah, basically. He's just great in it. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what this this movie comes out in August sometime. Um, it's kind of, I don't know I have no idea but um it's I'm interested to say the least. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah. What else? Do you have anything else for us? Um, I was going to talk about uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, isn't that a isn't isn't that like a like a November release or something like that? But yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't care. Like a, Screw it. Yeah. I have I have all the control. We're talking about it. Let's go. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I didn't realize it was going to be released so long, but it kind of I think it has a kind of interesting story behind it, um, how it was made and the whole involvement with Sasha Baron Cohen as well. Like, did yeah, you know about that? there was yeah. there was something wasn't it where he wanted to be involved, but. He didn't like the way they took the story or something like that, so he bowed out yeah. at the last second. Is that what it was? Yeah, that, that's exactly it. He was on there uh, only rec- Well, not, where I only saw recently an interview on Howard Stern with him, where he was saying that uh, apparently he wanted to make the most, you know, accurate, authentic uh, Freddie Mercury movie. Uh, and you know, you know, Freddie Mercury, he has like just a just a library of crazy off the wall stories because of his whole. You know, his, his homosexual um, lifestyle. Right. And uh, he apparently, <laughs> apparently, Sasha Baron Cohen, in his typical Bruno fashion, wanted to include scenes that were, you know, pretty crazy and, you know, in your face. Like one scene he wanted to put in was, uh, you know, a, a party, a gay party where a lot of midgets walked around. Oh, God. They, <laughs> they, they, had, they, they had plates strapped to the top of their heads with cocaine lines on them. <laughs> you know? And so the, they didn't like that. They're like, well, look, we cannot do that. And people like Brian May, the guitarist in uh, Queen, just wasn't really on board with that idea, yeah. for example. And they kind of... Uh, last The last I heard was that they actually, they ordered a court injunction as well for, for Sasha Baron Cohen, where he couldn't even make the movie on his own accord. Oh, he really? couldn't even make it himself. Oh, interesting. It was that serious. But... That said, I still think that the movie could, it, it still could be good. I mean, Remy Malek looks really good in that as well. Like, um, 
I don't know. I don't know what you think about it. Yeah, I think it's um, at the very worst, it's just like a a big music video of Queen songs, um, which is, I mean, it's not the most entertaining movie experience, but like, it's still just nice to hear the music, I guess. Um, just yeah. on that pure, the just just visual visceral level, but I don't know. I'm yeah, Malik looks really good. Um, I just, I mean, that trailer that was dropped, I just didn't give me much to latch onto at, at this point because it was just, it was yeah. literally just a a cu- like a cut up of just classic Queen songs with like one line of dialogue. That one line of dialogue though was really good, where he was talking about how if six, he thinks that the studio guy thought. Six minutes was really oh, yeah. really long, and he said, "Well, if you think six minutes is really long, then I pity your wife." And yeah. that that one really good line, but yeah, it's just kind of it was just kind. I think it was more of it was a teaser. It's kind of just like, all right, this movie's coming out, so put it on your radar. And for someone like me that kind of already knows that's coming out, it's like, oh yeah, it's it's it looks like a movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, I definitely think as well that it's a type of performance as well from an actor like uh, uh, Remy Malik where. He, if I had to put money on it right now, he could probably, I don't know what you think, but he could probably get an Oscar nomination for something like this. Yeah, it's, I think so too. It's, um, it's the, it hits all the beats. It's a playing of famous historical character. Yeah. Uh, November release date. Uh, yeah. Oscar, Oscars, the, the Academy loves that shit. So I, I think that's definitely a possibility. It, yeah. it kind of really, I think, I, I think it just depends on the movie itself. If the movie's really good, they'll probably get a nomination for him. Yeah, I've, I've actually, like, I've dealt on the movie because now I, I don't even know if it's kind of important for me to be saying this, but uh, Sasha Baron Cohen was talking about the kind of uh, setup for the movie. And uh, he was saying that, uh, I don't even know how he, he got, he didn't get in trouble for this, but I don't even know, but why did I bring it up? I probably shouldn't have even said it, but. Uh, yeah, it's like a spoilery thing about the about the film, but obviously I think we all know that Freddie Mercury died, so it's like Sasha Baron Cohen said that about halfway through the movie, or at a pretty short, you know, part into the, short uh, length into the movie, Freddie Mercury actually passes away, and it's kind of the movie shows the recovery of the rest of the band, which Sasha Baron Cohen wasn't really on on board with. Which, oh. Yeah, I don't sense. really know. I don't really like the sound of that myself. Yeah, that kind. Of, I mean, I hate to say it, but no one really cares about the rest of Queen, other than Fred, <laughs> other than Freddie Mercury. Like, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. but he's the guy who sells all the tickets and it's the name recognition. But I don't know. Um, yeah. All right, so I had I have one more that I really want to talk about. I think we kind of forgot about it, and I don't know if it's on your list or not, but it's it's called Upgrade. Have you seen this one? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's with starring uh, not- notable uh, doppel uh, Tom Hardy doppelganger. Tom Hardy. <laughs> um, what's it's what's his name? It's Logan Michael Green. Logan, yeah. Is that it? Logan. Oh my, yeah, it's something like that. Logan Marshall Green. Is yeah, that? I think it's Logan Marshall Green. That's it. Yeah. But yeah, he was. He, it's him starring. It's directed by Lee Winnell, who's the guy behind Saw and Insidious. And all those and all those things, and it's kind of about this crazy futuristic body augmentation where uh, Logan Marshall Green's character becomes a quadriplegic, and he gets like this really like it's called stem. It's like this really like kind of robotic thing that they put on his spine, and basically yeah. 
he puts they basically put like a computer in his spine and it kind of gives him the ability to walk and again and he has this basically this just a massive computer in his like really intelligent life in his head and so he uses it to take revenge on the people that killed his wife and it looks insane the the computer can take control of his body under his permission and he fights like crazy uh there's one guy who got his arm augmented and he has a shotgun in his arm where this movie just looks bonkers and incredibly violent um yeah, I can't, it comes out June first. Funny as well. It looks really funny too. Yeah, it just looks like this. I don't know. if... It'll probably be a, a tonal like nightmare in a sense where it'll just be all over yeah. the place. But it'll probably be. It's going to be entertaining as hell. Yeah, it, it's kind of a genre mix as well, and it's kind of if you if you look at if you you can kind of look at it as kind of a home kind of an homage to uh, RoboCop. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's sort yeah, of totally. Like this, He's, you know, he's physically enhanced and his family were killed and, you know, it kind of has that same tragic story. But um, I, I, I'm really... That, that's coming out next month, actually, isn't it? That's yeah, it's, I think it's the first week of June. Yeah. And, and it looks really funny as well, like 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 I was saying. And Lee Wanell, like, say what you want about him, but I, I really like Lee Wanell. I, just, I always did like him. Like, he kind of keeps... He's kind of... He keeps quiet, mostly. Um, he doesn't really do much. He's pretty much only attached to, to Saw. Saw was his big, big, his big break, and then it was the Sidious then. Yeah. But I, I know he's sort of synonymous with James Wan, which is he, he's he's taken off in a different direction now. Yeah. I, I'm I'm interested to see where Lee Wanell is going with this film because it looks it looks pretty original, I'd say. Yeah. Kind of original. It's from what I've heard, it's really really fun, and you kind of know what you're going to get if you've seen the trailer. Like you kind of know what you're going to get going into it, but. Yeah, he's he's another one of those guys who's quietly just put together like a really great career, almost. I mean, he has two great franchises. Um, he's a really prolific writer. Uh, he's not yeah. not not the best actor. Um, yeah. he, he was he's been in the last couple Insidious movies, and he's not he's not the best <laughs> as an actor. But I think he's just a really talented dude. So that's kind of I, I hope the best for him in in every sense of the word, kind of. Yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah. Definitely. Is there... All right, so you have... Give me one last... I got one more movie. Yeah, one, one more. more bring the house down. One more one. Yeah. We can wrap it up now. Um, let me see. Uh, I'm going to try and pick one that I'm, that I'm really excited for. Um, I think we can actually... We can we can conclude this with a, maybe an Irish movie. All right, That'd sounds good. Um, I don't know if you've, you've heard about this, but... Uh, there's a film coming out called uh, The Little Stranger, which I, is, uh, it's directed by uh, Lenny Abramson. I have no idea what this is. <laughs> this, but do you know uh, Lenny Abramson? He he directed a room, not not The Room, a Room with uh, Brie uh, Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, uh, he's an Irish-Polish director. He was really good, and he directed uh, Frank with Michael Fassbender. Right. Uh, you know, he's... He's, I mean, he directed a really good movie. That's kind of a, a cult Irish film called Adam and Paul. I don't know if you'd be interested in checking that out. It's kind of a, it's a movie about these two homeless homeless dudes. Yeah, just kind of. I don't think I ever heard of that one. Yeah, it, it's it. Irish people absolutely love that movie. It's kind of <laughs> being sad at the same time. But Lenny Abramson is directing this movie called The Little Stranger, and it's uh, it's based on a novel. 
uh, it, it's kind of a spooky movie. I don't know if it's a horror movie, but it's about. Uh, I, I think it's about this doctor in like I think the twentieth century who goes to this hospital that to uh, take care of these patients that are kind of going crazy and. I think it kind of could, be, could have a supernatural kind of twist to it as well, but it, it stars uh, Donald Gleeson, who is an Irish actor. There you go. Who, yeah, you know him, but Leonardo DiCaprio would call him Donald Gleeson. <laughs> call him terrible names, but uh, yeah, I, I don't, it's in. It's currently in post production, so there's not even a trailer yet. And right now, there's only like an image or two. But uh, Lenny Abramson is really. Uh, I think he's really great as a like. He, like he's a guy who doesn't really seem to like Irish film because I read a, I read an interview with him not too long ago where he was saying that all the work is kind of dried up in, in Irish you know Irish film and they don't really invest in stuff and I don't really know if he really loves Irish uh, Irish film but I don't know I, I think I think this could be pretty noteworthy on his uh, on his filmography in the future. A big shout out goes to Steve for helping me on this first podcast. I really appreciate him for that. Uh, what did you guys think? What summer movies are you looking forward to on a smaller scale? Uh, whatever it is, please let us know. Please subscribe and comment on iTunes, on moviebellreviews.com, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, we really appreciate you listening to us. And yeah, until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you.